Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys today? Everybody well? You glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Well, we want to welcome you. As you've already heard today, we're honored you're here today. And I'm excited because we're going to begin a brand new series this morning uh, entitled Love One Another. And we shared with you last Sunday uh, that we're going to begin to talk about relationships, right? This is, uh, this is February. It's the Love Month, right? And this Thursday, for all you guys, just another reminder, Thursday is Valentine's Day. And, uh, and I just want to make a little retraction. Uh, so last Sunday, I, I said, go big or go home. And Kelly told me, she said, all right, I'm going to hold you to that. And uh, so, so this Sunday, I'm going to say, go small and simple. <laughs> I repented. Can I not repent? I had to change the way I think about what I said last week, and I realized small and simple may be better than big or go home. So... Hey, all you ladies, help me out here real quick. How many of you ladies really can testify that it really is the small, simple, heartfelt things that, that the guy you love does for you that really does matter? All those hands, y'all help me out. Just raise them anyway because you love me, all right? And uh, so uh, anyway, well, we're glad you guys are here. We're going to have a great time, and we are going to talk about relationships, and we're going to talk about how that over the next few weeks uh, we can really began to uh, cultivate healthy relationships because the quality of your life is going to be directly connected to the quality of your relationships. And when you raise the bar on healthy, godly relationships in your life, the more healthy, godly relationships you have, the more uh, or the greater quality of life that you actually begin to live in. And so uh, we're excited about diving into that. I want to welcome our online uh, family, everybody that's joining us online. We're glad you're here today and hope that you are preparing your heart really just to receive what God has. So let's look together in 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 7 through 21. And let me just encourage you in this. If you are out there today and you are looking for a... Uh, a great love story to read, uh, maybe the week of Valentine's. Let me give you a recommendation. Uh, read the Bible. Uh, if you're looking for a great love letter to read this week, uh, let me encourage you to read something. Read the Bible. How many of you know the Bible is the greatest love letter ever written? It is God's love story toward humanity, and it is awesome. As a matter of fact, the more you read the Bible, the more you'll realize Hallmark Channel has nothing on God. Right? I mean, he is the original designer of love and what it really means to love somebody sacrificially, unconditionally, and uh, he really knows how to woo and win the hearts of people. Uh, and I'm glad, I don't know about you, I'm glad he won my heart years ago. And I'm excited to serve him and love him. So this morning, 1 John chapter 4, I want you just to read along with me, but I want you to hear the words of Scripture this morning. The Apostle John is writing, and he says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Where's love come from? And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Y'all say that with me. God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. And this is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. 
Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. And the Apostle John literally was an eyewitness of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he said, literally, we've seen with our own eyes and testify that the Father sent His Son, Jesus, to be the Savior of the world. And all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. Now look at verse 16. And we know how much God loves us. I pray today that you know how much God loves you. Because really it is that revelation of how much God loves you that's going to change your entire life. Until you understand how much God loves you, you're going to walk around. And I've said this before, but I see so many people walking around with kind of this question mark that's kind of been tattooed on their heart and on their life. And, and they just constantly question life, question their identity, question meaning, question purpose. And they have no real answers for life. Let me just say to you today, you'll never understand life and you'll never understand eternity until you understand and know the love of God that comes through Christ Jesus. It is God's love that automatically somehow begins to make sense out of the chaos and gives us a perception and a, uh, a vision to understand and interpret the world through the love of God. So he says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. And such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other. We love each other. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command that those who love God must also love their brothers and sisters. So today we want to answer the question, look at it, it's on your outline, what is love? That's what we want to talk about today. What is love? And we kind of want to lay a foundation of what is love, specifically the love that the Bible's speaking about here in 1 John chapter 4, because over and over and over and over again, right? Did you hear it? Right? Love, love, love. If you love God, you'll love people. If the love of God lives in you, then you live in the love of God. God is love, and God loves us, and His love demands that we love other people. We love each other because God first loved us. And I mean love, 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 love. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear all the love in there? I mean, God is love. And all of a sudden, when you begin to read the Bible, you begin to recognize the love of God from Genesis to Revelations is paramount in everything that God is saying and everything that God is doing in the world. So what is love? What is this love that the Bible is talking about so specifically and so powerfully and challenging me and you to walk in? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of lay that foundation of what is love, and then over the next few weeks we're going to unpackage that and talk about how do we live that out and how do we actually begin to show love to one another and love one another with the love that comes from God. So I want to give you just kind of an ongoing definition uh, through today's message, okay? So look at that first point, our next point on your outline. So what is love? I want to give you a couple definitions today. So love is the greatest commandment. It is the fulfillment of the law, and it is the new commandment of our new covenant with God 
that sets us apart as disciples of Jesus Christ. What is love? It's the greatest commandment. It's the fulfillment of the law. And it's the new commandment of our new covenant with God. And it's the one thing that sets me and you apart as disciples or followers of Jesus Christ. So look with me in Mark chapter 12, 28 through 31. The Bible says, And one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. And he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God, only, only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So Jesus said when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment, the most important commandment, Jesus said love. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Very simple. He said the greatest commandment is that you would love God and that you would love people. So let me just say it this way. The pinnacle of our Christian life and living is love. If you want to climb the mountain into the very presence and glory of God, you've got to climb the mountain of love. If you want to ascend the hill where God is, you got to ascend the hill of love because that is the pinnacle of Christianity. The pinnacle of Christianity is loving God and loving people. That is the height that we can only aspire to because it is what the Bible says, what Jesus says, the greatest commandment. And I want to just challenge you with a little thought today. If the greatest commandment is to love God and love people, then what's the greatest sin? Not to. So the greatest sin would be to break the greatest commandment. To not love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, and not love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest sin. All of a sudden, we all realize we're sinners. <laughs> and we need a Savior, amen? The greatest commandment raises the bar, right? And all of a sudden, it takes it out of all this other realm of stuff where we want to operate in, and it raises it right up here and says, you know what? The greatest commandment is love God, love people. So the greatest sin is to break the greatest commandment, which is to not love God and to not love people as we love ourselves. So Jesus said the pinnacle of Christianity is love. Now, not only is love the greatest commandment, but it's also the fulfillment of the law. Look with me in Romans 13, verse 8 and verse 10, and then we're going to look at Galatians 5, 14. The Apostle Paul says this, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Galatians 5, 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So not only is love the greatest commandment, it is the fulfillment of the law. So when, when the Apostle Paul was talking about the fulfillment of the law, he was talking about the Old Testament, Old Covenant law that God had made with the nation of Israel. There were over 600 commandments. I mean, there were over 600 laws. There were the Ten Commandments, but over 600 laws in the Old Covenant. And, and, and God says this, or, or Paul, the Apostle Paul says this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, all the law can be fulfilled in one word, and that one word is love. Why? Because love does no harm to his neighbor. Think about it for just a second. Have you ever thought about why we make laws? We make laws because people are lawless. If you've ever been in a management position where you've managed people, we have at Liberty Church, we have policies and procedures. They're so much fun. 
And every time we have to expand the policy and the procedure, we don't expand the policy and procedure because everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. We expand the policy and procedures because people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. You don't make new laws because everybody's obeying the law. You make new laws because people are always pushing the law to the limit for selfish gain. If you don't believe that we do that, and by we I mean me and you, then get in the car and drive out on the highway and when you see the speed limit sign, right? Do, do, do we not? Do we not push the limits? Do we not push? Is that not the carnal tendency of our flesh? The law says 35, I'm going to go 40, right? Me and Kelly, we went off to Orlando this week, and we were talking about driving down there. And I had, I don't know how many people say, how many people literally told me this. They said, well, if you'll just keep it five miles over the speed limit, you'll be okay. So somebody actually told me, I mean, my son-in-law, he's a police officer. He said, if you'll stay five miles over the speed limit, they won't pull you over. Isn't that how we live our lives? Oh, not just with the speed limit. That, that's kind of a small thing. Relationships, finances, integrity, purity, morality. Right here's the line, and we just want to take it just a, a little bit further. Surely won't hurt. But you know what's powerful about the love that the Bible talks about that we're supposed to walk in? The love of God that we're supposed to walk in is a love that not only honors the law, but it fulfills the law. Because love never does harm. See, when you're walking in love, you don't have to have somebody tell you, don't murder, don't steal, don't break the law, don't do this, don't hurt them, don't abuse them, don't do this, don't do that. No, because you're walking in love. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So what is love? It's the fulfillment of the law. It, it's, it's everything that has been laid out here in commandment all wrapped up into one little word. Why? Because love does no harm to anyone. Now, the next part of this, I want you to see this, because love is, love is the new commandment of our new covenant with God through Jesus Christ. And it's the thing that, that literally distinguishes us, Jesus said, as disciples of Jesus Christ. And, and I want to read it to you, John 13. And this is, this is so huge, because... Jesus does something that's just crazy. He says, so now, Jesus speaking, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. A new commandment I'm giving to you. So Jesus says, love is the greatest commandment is the fulfillment of the law. And then Jesus comes along and says, okay, guys, I'm going to raise the bar just a little bit. I know, I know, I know we've been teaching you for years, y'all love God and love people as you love yourself, but I want to raise the bar. I don't want you just to love people like you love yourself. I want you to love people like I love you. I want you to love people like I love you. Let me tell you why that's important. It's important because if you love people like you love yourself, that kind of love can be skewed or diminished or even demoralized. As a matter of fact, I'm really convinced that most people do love people like they love themselves. And the reason I'm convinced of that is most people are critical of themselves, so they're critical of others. Most people are judgmental of themselves, so they're judgmental of others. Most people are hard on themselves, so they're hard on others. 
And the problem with that is, is that all of a sudden I start loving you like I love myself, and if I'm not loving myself like God loves me, then I have just skewed and demoralized and diminished the love that God has actually called me to walk into. And so Jesus raises the bar and he says, don't just love people like you love yourself because you can be messed up in that. See, there's a lot of self-loathing going on in our culture. Most people look in the mirror and they don't like the person they see. And if you look in the mirror and you don't like the person you see, then you're going to look across the aisle at somebody at church and you're not going to like the person you see there either. And you're going to go to work and you're going to look at your coworkers and you're not going to like the person you see there either. And if you're not careful, you'll come home and look at your spouse and you're not going to like the person you see there. Why? Because if I don't like the person I see in the mirror, I'm probably not going to like you. But all of a sudden, Jesus radically, supernaturally changes the whole paradigm of what love is. So no longer love each other like you love yourselves, because that can be skewed and messed up. I want you to love each other like I've loved you. So how did Jesus love us? He loves us sacrificially. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us consistently. He loves us continually. When we were the enemies of God, He loved us. When you were cursing God, He loved you. When you were despising God, He loved you. When you were running from God, He loved you and ran after you. And when you said, I don't want anything to do with you, he stretched out his arms and died on a cross for me and you. He says, I want you to love each other the same way I have loved you. So as we begin to go through this process together, I want you to understand, when we talk about loving one another, we are talking about the love of God being manifested and shared to other people just like it has been poured out on us. We are talking about the sacrificial, unconditional, continual love of Jesus Christ flowing to you and ultimately flowing through you to other people. That's what God's called us to do. And love, that kind of love is powerful. Look at that next point. I want you to see this. So what is love? Love is the divine motivator of heaven. It is the foundation stone of healthy relationships. And it is the key to influencing others for God. Just leave that point right there on the screen. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to quote to you John 3, 16 and 17. You all know it. But for all you blank fillers in, go ahead and fill the blanks in. Right? I'll help you out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What is love? Love is the greatest commandment. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the new commandment that's in our new covenant that sets us apart as disciples of Jesus Christ. But love is also the divine motivator of heaven. It's the thing that compels God to act. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Right? God gave out of love. It's the motivator. It's the thing that moves God to action. Right? Even in the Old Testament, you see that judgment was an act of the love of God. God was trying to redeem and rescue and purify and sanctify the people. Why? So they could enjoy the best that heaven had to offer for them. So love is the divine motivator of heaven. It's what moves God to action. And that's the kind of love we're supposed to walk in. And let me tell you what's powerful about love being your motivator. If you begin to love people, because God loves you. He loves me, I love 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 you. If you begin to love people 
and be motivated by that kind of love, you know what will happen? It will free you and liberate you. Hear me. It will free you and liberate you from the expectations of people. It will free you and liberate you from the manipulation of people. Because this is what happens many times in relationships. We love people or we show love to people in order to appease them or in order to please them. Think about it. How many times have you done something for somebody because you knew if you didn't say what they wanted you to say or do what you wanted to do, they would get mad, they would blow up, they'd throw a temper tantrum, they wouldn't speak to you for a week, they wouldn't talk to you for a month, and so in order to appease them, you love them. How many times has that happened? Oh, I gotta, I'm walking on eggshell. i got to make sure I say the right thing. i got to make sure I do the right thing. i got to make sure. Why? Because if I don't say it just right and do it just right, they're going to be mad. And so i got to make sure that I'm saying and doing the right thing because I want to appease them. That's not love. Now let's flip the coin. Sometimes we get sucked into these relationships where not only are we not trying to appease people, now we're trying to please people. Why are we trying to please them? Because if I don't please them, they won't show me love. If I don't please them, they won't show me favor. If I don't please them, they won't reciprocate back to me. And so all of a sudden I get caught in this quandary of relationships where I'm appeasing and pleasing everybody. And I'm in a place of bondage being manipulated by the whims of people. But if you and I can ever come to the place where the love of God that drives and motivates the heart of heaven begins to burn with us, then all of a sudden we begin to love people because we love people. We just begin to love people because we love people. And the moment you come to a place where you love people because you love people, you're free of manipulation and control. I'm no longer trying to appease you or please you. I'm just loving you because God loves me. And I want to love you because I care about you. And I want to love you because God loves you. And I want to love you because I've been loved by God. And all of a sudden, you begin to be liberated outside of this bondage of appeasement, pleasement, trying to please and appease people in your life. And it breaks you free from manipulation. But what's crazy is the Lord showed me just this morning. He said, Keith, he said, not only are those people trying to manipulate you, but you're manipulating them. You're acting in a way to keep them from getting mad, or you're acting in a way just to please them to get more favor and love from them. And the Lord said, he said, you're being just as manipulative to them as they are to you. What would happen if we just started loving people because we love people? You know what's exciting? You look at the life of Jesus, and there were, there were many times where the crowds, the Pharisees, and even his own disciples tried to manipulate him into doing something. Right? If you'll just show us a sign, we'll believe. Jesus, his disciples said, Lord, you need to come over here and talk to these people. And Lord, don't go over here and talk to these people. And all of a sudden, you had all these people placing these expectations on Jesus. You know what Jesus did every time? Every time he resisted it. Why? Because he was going to love them because he loved them. He was not going to be manipulated into loving people, appeasing people, or pleasing people. Why? Because if you're appeasing and pleasing people, you're not pleasing God. And love frees you from that. It looses your heart. So now you don't have to be mo you don't have to be manipulated. You can just love people unconditionally. And you can love them because you love them, not because you have to.
Not because you're afraid of them. Not because you're trying to get something from them. Right? We've all seen that happen, right? I'm going to treat Glenn right because Glenn's got something I want. And I really don't want Glenn. I want what Glenn's got. Right? We all see that happen over and over in the world. I don't want to be your friend. I just want to have what you have. So I'm going to befriend you so I can have what you got. Man, I want to tell you something. Any, any, kind of, any kind of relationship not established on the love of God is perverted and corrupt and is set up for, set up for destruction. Love is the foundation stone. Look at this. It's the motivator of heaven, but it's also the foundation stone of healthy relationships. Think about it. When God wanted to begin a relationship with us, he loved us. He didn't judge us. He didn't condemn us. He didn't find fault with us. He loved us. See, it boggles my mind how parents want to have relationships with their kids, and all they want to do is find fault with them. So I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I can... I can be hard on my kids. And I got an awesome little son, and I can be really hard on him. And if I'm not careful, I can tell him everything he's doing wrong. And then when you tell somebody everything they're doing wrong, you wonder why they don't want to listen to you when you tell them they're doing something right. Maybe the bell is going off in some heads today. Love has got to be the foundation stone of every healthy relationship. When I build a relationship on anything but the love of God, it is perverted and corrupt. If I'm trying to get something from you or get something through you, then I'm not loving you with the love of God. And that relationship is set up for failure. But if I begin to love you because God loves me, and I begin to love you because God loves me, and I begin to love you because God loves me, and, and when I say love, we're, we're, we're going to see over the next few weeks, love is not fluff and puff, and love is not telling people what they want to hear. That's not love. Love speaks the truth. But love is unconditional. The love of God is unconditional, and it's sacrificial. And when we begin to love people that way, all of a sudden, man, we begin to build healthy relationships. And let me just tell you something about relationships. Not all relationships are intended to be intimate, close relationships. You guys, we've been around long enough. Many of you know this, right? You realize there are some casual relationships that you have with people that are probably always going to be casual. It's never going to be more than, hey, how you doing today? It's never going to be more than uh, the guy that you work with talking to him at the coffee pot while everybody's on break. There are some casual, not every relationship is intended to advance to every level. But here's the good news. If I build every relationship on the love of God, then every relationship has the potential to grow and be what God's called it to be. It has the potential to do that. And if that casual relationship after two years turns into a close personal relationship in two years, that's wonderful. If I built it on love, it can do that. If I haven't built it on love, if I built it on lust, if I built it on fear, if I built it on manipulation, if I built it on control, it will never grow to what it's called to be. Now look at that last point. I want you to see this. Love is that foundation stone. It is also the key to influencing other people for God. You can't lead people if you don't love people. If you'll back up, they're on the wrong slide right there. We'll back up to that last one. It's the key to influencing other people for God. You can't lead people if you don't love people. Let me tell you what you can do. 
You can use fear to manipulate people. But it requires love to lead people into a real relationship. You can use fear to manipulate people, but it requires love to lead people into a real relationship. If you're going to influence somebody for God, let me just say this to you. Rick Warren said it years ago, and it just stuck in my spirit. He said, I, I learned a long time ago, I can never win my enemies. I can only win my friends to Christ. He said, so I decided to start loving my enemies like my friends. Sounds like something Jesus said, right? He said, I started deci I decided I need to start loving my enemies like my friends because I can't win my enemies to Christ. I can only win my friends to Christ. How many of you understand? You can't influence people for God that you hate. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't influence people for God that you have bitterness and resentment in your heart toward. You can't influence people for Christ that you secretly despise or hold a grudge against. You can only influence people for Christ that you love. Only if you love them can you lead them into a relationship with Christ. Why? Because love is the foundation stone of all healthy relationships. So how am I going to lead people into a relationship with God if I'm not leading them by love? And so all of a sudden we begin to realize if I'm going to influence people, I'm going to have to love people. Because it is the key. Think about your life for just a minute. Think about the people that have most influenced you for God. They're the people that have loved you. They're the people that have encouraged you. They're the people that have prayed with you. They're the people that have spoken truth to you in love. They're the people that have cried with you and wept with you and rejoiced with you and walked through hell and high water with you. It's not the critic. It's not the fault finder. It's not the judge that has influenced you for Christ. It is the person that loved you enough to walk with you through your stuff and still be standing there when the dust settled. Amen? You and I are here today because somebody loved us that way. Somebody loved us enough that when we weren't lovable, they still stood by our side. Didn't approve of what we were doing. They hated what we were doing. But they stood by our side. Why? Because they loved us. And our lives have been influenced for good because of those people. Amen? Now look at that last point. I want you to see it. So what is love? Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It is an act or an action of faith that builds bridges and cultivates healthy relationships. Love does. What is love? Love is not a feeling. Now, there are feelings of love. There is an emotion of love, and there's a feeling of love that we can feel. But I want you to understand, love is not a feeling. And we know that's true. Let me tell you how we know that's true. Because the people that you love the most, right? Think about some of the people you love. Think about your family. I mean, the people that you literally would lay down your life for. There are some days that you want to choke them. There are some days you want to hug them. There are some days you want to tell them, leave me alone. I don't even want to see you today. Right? Right? That's the truth. 
That's the people you love. I mean, that's the people you would give your life for. Some days you want to choke them. Some days you want to hug them. Some days you want to draw them near. Some days you want to say, get out of my face. Y'all aren't that holy, trust me. <laughs> I hadn't been counseling people for 28 years and not know this is happening every day in our lives, people. And that's the people you love. You know what? Love's not a feeling. Because if love was a feeling, you still wouldn't love them. If love was a feeling, you still wouldn't be married. If love was a feeling, you still wouldn't have a relationship with your kids. If love was a feeling, you still would not be engaged with that person. Why? Because love is more than a feeling. It is an act of faith. It is an act of faith. I act by faith. I love you because he loves me. I want to give you this scripture. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. It's not on the screen, but you need to write it down. You can go home and look at it. It says, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. But what is important is faith expressing itself in love. What's important is faith expressing itself in love. Why? Because love is an expression of faith. It's not an expression of feeling. And, and if, you want, if you want to live a roller coaster life than love by feeling. And you'll have crazy, 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 crazy relationships. You'll be crashing and burning every other day. But if you want to live a life of love, then recognize, hey, praise God, I can love by faith and I can feel love. But love is a feeling that doesn't control me. Love is a feeling and an emotion that I get to enjoy when I act by faith and choose to love the people that God has called me to love. By the way, that's everybody. Your neighbor is everybody around you. And that's who we're called to love. When you love based on emotion, your love is temporal. Because sometimes I feel like loving you and sometimes I feel like choking you. Right? When you love based on faith, your love is eternal. Because I don't love you based on how I feel about you. I love you based on how God's loved me. And He loves me unconditionally. And He loves me sacrificially. And He loves me continually. So guess what? I got to love you sacrificially. I got to love you unconditionally. I got to love you continually. Why? Because that's how God loves me. And when you begin to operate in that by faith, I love you because he loves me. I love you because he loves me. I love you because he loves me. When you begin to operate in that by faith, all of a sudden you step into an eternal realm where the love of God is being established and built in your life. And what happens is you begin to build bridges, bridges of restoration, bridges of redemption, bridges of salvation. And all of a sudden you start seeing things that have been torn apart begin to come together. See, one of the greatest things I love about what God is doing in this church is we get to see broken, hurting people who have literally come to the end of the rope and watch their life be restored in a matter of months. And in the midst of that restoration, relationships that were once toxic and chaotic become healthy and life-giving. Why? Because when I build my love on the love of God, 
and I start loving people with the love that Jesus has shown to me, all of a sudden it creates and cultivates healthy relationships. It begins to build bridges of restoration and redemption that nothing else can do. And the reality is simply this today. All of us have been in toxic, chaotic relationships. And all of us today, through the grace and mercy of God, are capable of loving others with the love of Jesus. Why? It's an act of faith. I believe that He loves me. And because He loves me, I'm going to love you the same way. And I'm going to refuse to make excuse for it. Well, I just don't feel anything. Who cares? Let me ask you a really, this is, this is a huge question. What do you think God felt emotionally? Now, God, is, God gave us emotion, so I believe God feels emotion. What do you think God felt emotionally for the people that were driving spikes through the hands and feet of His Son? Do you think He was looking at that and He was saying, Oh, I just love you guys so much. I just feel so good about what you're doing right now. It's so wonderful. Or do you think that God looked at the people nailing His Son to the cross and grieved and wept and broke on the inside? But He loved us anyway. He didn't feel warm, fuzzy feelings toward the Roman soldiers. He didn't feel warm, fuzzy feelings toward the people that were shouting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! No, as a father, I bet you I know what I would have been feeling hate. Bitterness and resentment. That's what I'd have felt. You think about what would you feel if somebody nailed your son, your daughter, your child on a cross? What would you be feeling, feeling toward those people? I promise you it wouldn't be warm fuzzies. It would be judgment and wrath. Judgment and wrath. But you know what? God felt judgment and wrath, but you know what he did? He acted in love. We got to refuse to lower love to an emotion. And we got to begin to walk in the love of God that liberates our hearts and frees our world to know who Jesus is. Because all of a sudden, real love builds bridges and begins to cultivate healthy relationships that can flourish and grow. Love does. I want to close with this scripture and we're going to pray together. 1 John 3 16 through 19 and then verse 23. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, the truth that God is love. So we will be confident when we stand before God. And this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of the Son of God, in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. Let's not merely say we love each other. How many know words are cheap? It's action. Love does. Over the next few weeks, we're going to give you some very practical, applicable ways for you to love people in action. Over 20 times in the New Testament, the Bible tells us how to love each other. How to love each other. And we're going to talk about those over the next few weeks. Why? Because love is not a word that we speak. It is an action of faith that we express through our lives. 
And yes, yeah, sometimes we express words, and I love words, but we express action. Our lives live up to the words that we're speaking. And when we do that, Jesus said, all men will know you are my disciples. Let's bow our heads today. Today I want to ask two questions. First question I want to ask is, do you know the love of God? Do you know the love of God? And if you're here today and you're a child of God, you're a Christian, you should be able to answer that question. You should have been able to answer it immediately. There should have been an immediate yes that rose up in your spirit when I asked that question. Do you know the love of God? There should have been an immediate yes. If you know the love of God, I want to challenge you with this next question. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that love? I found out a long time ago that if I hoard the love of God in my own heart and never give it away, it diminishes. <laughs> but the more I share His love, the more I know His love. So I want to challenge you to begin to think right now, what am I going to do, love does, what am I going to do this week to show the love of God? What am I going to do? Because love does. So if you know the love of God, your question today is, what am I going to do with it? And I want you to go ahead and just put, a, put an answer to that question. What are you going to do this week to show love? What are you going to do? I want you to answer that today. I want you to have a game plan when you walk out the doors of this church today that you know there's something you're going to do this week. I heard a guy make a statement this week. He said, we don't need more Bible studies. We need more Bible doings. We need to do what the Word of God says to do, and we are commanded to love one another with the same love that Jesus loved us with. So what has God, how has God showed you love that you're now going to show other people that same love? What are you going to do this week to show the love of God? Now I want to back up to that first question again. Do you know the love of God? And if you could not answer yes, Pastor Keith, I know the love of God. If you could not answer yes to that question, then today I want to give you an opportunity to experience His love today. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear, and that we love God because He first loved us. So if you're here today, I say it every, every week, I want to ask you to do something very powerful but very simple. It's powerful because I'm going to ask you to do something today that requires faith, and faith is the victory, the Bible says, that overcomes this world. It's simple because I'm going to ask you to do something you do every day, and that's simply stand to your feet. But today I want you to stand in faith and say, today I want to receive the love of God. I want to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins, and I want to commit my life to following Him. I want to know His love today. If that's you, you've never known the love of God. I'm talking about really known His love that casts out fear, that has made you His child. I want you to stand today. 
all over this building a simple act of faith today. I want to know the love of God, and I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, this is your moment. Don't miss it. Don't wait. Go ahead and stand right now all over this building. Just a simple act of faith that says, today I want to receive the love of God. I want to just pray for you today. Father, we thank you today for Jesus. We thank you for the love of God that surpasses all understanding. We thank you, God, for your love that chases us down and refuses to give up. We thank you today that the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we love others because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen.